Look who decided to show. Sorry, I'm late. A wizard is never late. You're a slacker. You're causing a major disturbance on my time. If I don't leave now, I'll be late for being early. You're late. I generally come in at least 15 minutes late. If you ain't first, you're last. Now the early show, later, with Karis and Jeremy from 1027 The Peak. Let's go. Check, 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 one, one, two, two. The check. levels are good. Good. Wonderful. Hi, this is the Early Show Later podcast. I'm Karis. Hey, I'm Jeremy. This is episode 134, The Interview and the Brain. Uh, today on the program, it's International Women's Day, so we have our chit-chat with and- Andrea uh, Gunraj. Gun. Conrad, right? Conrad. Yep, that's right. Of the Canadian Women's Foundation. Uh, and she has a lot, uh, you know, to talk about. You had a chance to interview her yesterday. We played clips of that uh, today on the program. We will get to that for sure. We also have heist cast today. Some thieves accidentally stole something that they probably weren't aiming for. I mean, no. Maybe it was a targeted heist, but I bet it was more of a shocking surprise. Exactly. Yeah. And open up the box and be like, oh, uh, uh, I was uh, hoping for drugs. Or, <laughs> or like some kind of like fancy equipment that I could resell online for lots of money so I could buy some drugs, maybe. But what they found instead will shock and haunt them. We'll find out. All right. Maybe we'll start there and then we'll move yeah. to Andrea Gunrad. Let's do that. All right. For Heistcast today, this is a weird one uh, out of Denver. Some thieves broke into a truck, stole a box. In the box was human heads. <gasps> Actual, real, not mannequin heads, but real human heads. That were on living human beings at one time. Uh, had agreed to donate their body to science when they shuffled off the mortal coil. These heads were removed from the body placed in a box, and we're going to be sent to, you know, so baby doctors could do what they do to them. And then they were stolen off a truck. Yeah. They believed that these were, you know, hoping to steal medical supplies or whatever. And then it, what happens when you get home with that? What if you don't put it in the fridge right away? Well, yeah. And I'm wondering, I mean, is it a cardboard box? Like, is it lined with something? Are they in bags? How does this work? I would imagine it's probably similar to the boxes they use for those meal uh, delivery services. Insulated. Probably. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. You'd some, hope. some sort of a, a foil lining. How do you even begin to fence this if you are the thief? No. I would imagine you'd give it back, but. I, well, yeah, I would hope so. I would hope so because, I mean, you know, the tragedy of that is these people made a really wonderful donation of their body parts. And now it's sitting in some thieves backyard and they're like I can't use this. Yeah, what like what a waste. It? Yes, that's very bizarre. Um I don't imagine anyone has information but uh Metro Denver Crime Stoppers wants to hear from you if you know about the missing human heads. You know what? That's kind of that's probably like I remember in grade seven, we had a guy bring a brain in, and I don't even remember who he was. I just remember a real, one? A real human brain. I actually got to touch it. What? Yes. In grade seven? Yes. And he brought oh. it into the classroom, and we were all excited about it because we knew that the human brain was coming. It's like, yeah. it's human oh, yeah, brain yeah. day, and so everybody's really <laughs> jacked up. Like, that is a day to not be sick for school. <laughs> exactly. Do not miss that day. Right. And this guy, and I can't even remember who he was or what organization he was from. I don't know, but he came in. The brain was in an ice cream bucket. I what? kid you not. No, like like the, the old gallon buckets that yes. we used to get of ice cream? Yep. 
My grandma still packs cookies in those. Yeah, this this was the early 90s. I was in grade seven. And that exact bucket you're talking about, that's what the brain was in. And so we brought it in in the little bucket. Doot, doot, doot. You're sure this guy was legit? <laughs> I, well, I was, no, I was in grade seven. I trusted my yeah, teachers. Your teacher's like, yeah. Right. <laughs> I call yeah. brains R us. This is who showed up. <laughs> Dwayne with his bucket. And he rocks in, and we're all sitting there just so quiet. The class oh my is God. like you could hear a pin drop. We were just, <gasps> and then he cracks open the top of the ice cream bucket, reaches down, pulls out a very gray colored brain, right? It's not pink because it doesn't have the oxygen, the, the blood oh, sure, sure. flowing through it. So it's kind and of a gray. Gray matter. Yes, right? And it's, and, he, and he puts it down as like, Paper towel on a table. No. Right there at the open area carpet where we sit down and listen to stories. But today it was a brain. Oh, wow. And he put it right down there on the table and we're like, oh. And then he's talking about it and swa, swa, swa. I can't remember the specifics at this point. But I do remember he invited people to come up and touch it if they wanted to. Oh, and young grade seven Karis is like, hand up. Hand oh, up. Pick me, oh, pick me. Me, me. I need to touch it. I need to touch it. And so I did. And I you just, did. I went up and it was very firm. Very. But I mean, again, it was, you know, it was a deceased brain. So yeah, no, a live sure. brain would probably feel different. But yeah, the know. deceased ice cream bucket brain was very firm. I just can't even believe 90s are a hell of a drug, man. <laughs> Hi, this morning. And we're celebrating International Women's Day. And we had a chance to talk to the Vice President of Public Engagement at the Canadian Women's Foundation, Andrea Gunraj. The Canadian Women's Foundation is Canada's public foundation for gender justice. They support women, girls, gender diverse people uh, to move out of violence, out of poverty and into confidence and leadership. So Andrea, what are some challenges that women, girls, trans, two-spirit, non-binary people are facing now, particularly in this pandemic? So at the Canadian Women's Foundation, where I work, we always talk about the markers of great quality of life and of equity. And we really look at it from four different pillars, I'd say. We have um, our out of violence, out of poverty, into confidence, and into leadership. And these four things really are umbrellas that are really important for us to have and work on because we know when we work on these things that we get closer to gender justice and gender equity, which is the goal, the ultimate goal. So now we're seeing, you know, those areas really at risk when it comes to violence. We're seeing a bump of gender-based violence. These are things like intimate partner abuse, sexual assault, and emotional abuse. These are the kinds of violence that women and girls and two-spirit trans and non-binary people are at most risk of experiencing. And we've seen those things go up. And baseline, even before 2022, before the pandemic, those rates were at unacceptably high. Similarly, with economic development and economic issues out of poverty, we do know that you know women are experiencing high rates of being pushed out of the labor force, being pushed out of economic opportunities. And of course, when you look at it from the lens of diversity, when you look at it from the position of Indigenous women and Black women and racialized women, uh, women with disabilities, young women, uh, the situation is even worse. They experience higher 
pay gaps. They experience higher rates of getting pushed out of economic opportunities because they can't keep paid work because they have too much unpaid work to take care of. Those are just a couple of examples. Again, with confidence and leadership, I think that's really important as well, too. We're seeing that, well, women and gender diverse people have not had the same leadership opportunities in any sector when it comes to the corporate sector, when it comes to workplaces, when it comes to political representation and leadership. And these are really important areas because this is where you see shifts, policies, practices, and things actually can change in a big way when you have the right people in place. But right now, they don't have those same opportunities. So it's a really high-level way of looking at it. But in all those markers of gender justice, we are lagging behind in Canada. Uh, There was just a report last week that said our global ranking when it comes to gender equality is low, um, you know, out of 15 countries, and this is a, a, a piece around corporate Canada or corporate, the corporate world, out of 15 countries with 49 plus companies, Canada ranked 12 on gender equality, no change since 2020. So, I mean, I do believe that things are moving, they're moving slow and it's glacial, but I think it's about time that we don't allow it to be so glacial and we actually take strong steps in all four of those areas. That's Andrea Gunraj, Vice President of Public Engagement at the Canadian Women's Foundation. You can find them online at canadianwomen.org. And we had the opportunity to chat with the Vice President of Public Engagement at the Canadian Women's Foundation, Andrea Gunraj. And the Canadian Women's Foundation, you can check them out online at canadianwomen.org. Lots of great information on there. It's Canada's public foundation for gender justice. And they support women, girls, and gender diverse people to move out of violence, out of poverty, and into confidence and leadership. So chatting to Andrea Gunraj, Raj, uh, the work environment, and this is something, you know, that I've noticed personally, the work environment, it wasn't made by women to be for women. So we're fighting against a system that just doesn't suit our needs. Um, yeah, I think you said it. And I think that idea of child care of care in general, not just for people who are parents, a biological parents, but you can be adoptive parents. You can also be taking care of elders, of community members. We know that women and gender diverse people tend to hold these roles in, in higher quantity. And it's an expectation, I'd say. Um, so much of our economy and our communities and the way our society functions really relies on this unpaid labor, generally unpaid and underpaid labor. So even when you look at it from the lens of childcare workers who tend to be women, they are underpaid for their work and their work is essential. It allows the economy to run. Similarly, we're talking about having a national childcare plan now. That's great. We've been calling for this for decades. Yeah, it's it's been in the works for a long time. It's been a conversation that that is something that you do to supercharge your economy, to supercharge uh, diverse participation in the labor force. And now we're talking about it. I think it's great. But I think that there's going to be so much lost opportunities when we look at it from that lens. We should have done it a long time ago. And, you know, this kind of idea of low opportunities based on gender it follows people from their whole life. So you look at it, the gender pay gap starts when people are teenagers. It starts when they're doing summer jobs. 
starts when they're being paid, if they get allowance at home, for instance, even in allowance, it's, it's low there. And uh, Plan Canada has some really great research about that. It follows women all the way through their lives and into their retirement, into their elderly years. And when you look at it again from the perspective of intersectionality, what's going on for Indigenous women, and BIPOC women and women with disabilities, uh, women who kind of get doubly and triply hit by discrimination, it's even worse. So I do think that we have to look at it from, yes, that underpaid and unpaid care work that women and gender diverse people do and also look at it from the lens of who's doing this work it tends to be women of color it tends to be women with disabilities young women women who have double and triple facing of this discrimination that makes it so difficult for them to just survive in a capitalist economy Thank you. That's Andrea Gunraj, Vice President of Public Engagement at the Canadian Women's Foundation. You can find Matt La- online at canadianwomen.org. And you're listening to The Early Show with Karis and Jeremy. Uh, Karis, you had a chance yesterday. I was uh, was not feeling well, but you were here yesterday. You had a chance uh, to do a, a pretty good um, interview. With... Andrea Gunraj, Vice President of Public Engagement at the Canadian Women's Foundation, which supports women, girls, and gender-diverse people to move out of violence, out of poverty, and into confidence and leadership. So we've been playing clips of that all morning. Andrea's had some just great, I don't know, she just... She knows what she's talking about. Yeah, she lays it all out. And earlier, Andrea was talking about how women and gender diverse people are battling against systems that were not built for them. And they're facing increased discrimination and abuse during this pandemic, which feels like a huge issue to try and tackle. So, Andrea, what can we do to help? I think that sometimes when we look at this and we think, oh, my goodness, the goal of gender justice, it seems so huge. And it seems so huge that we can get frozen. I totally understand where people are coming from, where they think, I can't do anything to impact this at all. But I don't think that's true. There are some things that we can do in our life. And if we all do it, it will make a difference. So I would say that it's really important for us to look at our own sphere of influence. Do you have any influence? at work, in your community, in your faith community, in your neighborhood. Think about how you can promote gender justice there. I think one thing that is really helpful to do for people who have money to donate, give to gender justice organizations doing this work. They have the opportunity to do things just on the grassroots level, and they can do advocacy, and they can do promotion of those big changes that feel too big for an individual to do. See how you can support them. It can be donations, it can be time, it can be your support on social media, it could be asking other people to give. There's lots of ways that you can get involved with those existing organizations doing this work already and doing a great job because the needle would not have moved if they didn't push it. Similarly, I would say, what about your voting? We all have the capacity to vote towards gender justice or not. And I think that there are a lot of elections that come up on all levels of governance, from the municipal to the provincial and territorial to the federal level. And I think it's really important for us to give our votes to the things that promote gender justice. No one party is going to do it, and it's every party's responsibility. So we can ask the people who are asking for our votes 
what they're going to do about these things. And again, think about it from those four areas, out of poverty, out of violence, into confidence and leadership. How are these parties doing anything in those areas? And they get your vote if you like what they have to say about those things. I would also say there's lots of campaigns that are going on that are really powerful and help towards these big issues. The Canadian Women's Foundation right now is promoting a signal responder campaign. We have a signal for help. It's a one-handed sign that anybody can use. It's a gesture that you can use on a video call to say, I need you to check in with me safely. And some people may have seen this. Um, It's gone viral. People know about it, have been sharing about it. And it's all about this bump in gender-based violence that we've seen since the pandemic started. And we know, of course, that those rates were high to begin with. And where can people find more information online? They can go to signalresponder.ca to find out more about the Signal for Help and how to be a signal responder, how to learn how to respond to this and be proactive when you think of any sign or signal of abuse. Thank you so much for joining us, Andrea Gunraj, Vice President of Public Engagement at the Canadian Women's Foundation. That's the podcast for today. Super fun times. Did you make a podcast yesterday? No. Oh, no, no, I didn't. I only like to make podcasts with you, Jeremy. So, sorry that we missed yesterday, but we're back on Tuesday. Yes. We'll be back tomorrow. That's For right. Trepid podcast listeners who want to win the chips, clamoring to win chips, you got to tweet at the show. It's at Karis Hogg, C-H-A-R-I-S-H-O-G-G. My name is Jeremy underscore Baker. Underscore is my legal middle name. But more importantly, it's how you'll find me on Twitter. <laughs> Oh, when you were born, your parents were like, oh, he is a Jeremy underscore Baker. I can feel it. Look at this little baby. I know it to be true. Very popular uh, child's name in the late 70s. Yeah, underscore. I mean, if it wasn't a middle name, it was... Sometimes a first name. Short list for a first name. <laughs> Sometimes you put it at the end of your name. Baker Sometimes, if that's where it works best. Uh, all right, you guys. Thank you so much for being part of the show. And uh, we'll do this again tomorrow for episode 135. Bye. See ya. Nothing can kill the grimace. All right, we're done here.